The very best feature that Skype has is the fake dialing that it does. <laughs> How so? Because it gives you enough time to hang up on the person you accidentally call. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Hmm, delightful. Because I can't believe that the dialing is real when it's username to username. Mm-hmm. Because it's also always the exact same sound, right? So, like, in theory, the sound would be different if it was making a dialing tone. You know, it just goes like... You and I have had this conversation before, but you saying, oh, what, what do you call a ticket to something that's already been purchased and then is resold? I would call it a secondhand ticket, you had just said. And I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, when we were in London, and I've been reliving that lately because I've been going through those pictures and setting up a really nice uh, album in Google Photos. Anyway, um, when we were in London, there were two things that I saw that con- just continually weirded me out. And it's not even the people driving on the wrong side of the road. Like, that was actually kind of quaint as much as I made fun of you for it. But um, I saw take away instead of takeout, mm-hmm. which just... Take away? I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just so foreign to me. And it's doubly foreign because it's like, this is a sh- all snark aside. I know there's ar- arguments to the contrary, but this is a shared language. And so seeing takeaway instead of takeout, I thought was the most peculiar thing. I don't know why. It just struck me as so weird. And the other thing I... I really did not understand is why you write the word toilet all over all of your buildings. And it took me like a day to realize, oh, there's no I in that. Toilet. Mm-hmm. Which is for rent in American. That's a real funny joke for kids in the UK. What? Looking at toilet written everywhere? Like the the joke of it saying, like looking like it says toilet rather than to let. Like all kids in the UK think that's funny. You know, like at some point in their lives. I thought it was funny. Because it's not because it's childish humor, but it's just when you first realize it. Yeah. So you got to first realize it as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 22 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was older than that. However, no, I was like 28, I think. But anyway, the point is, it, those two things particularly struck me as so foreign and so peculiar. You know what I was jealous of, though, and we're, we're going to talk about this later? You guys actually believe, believe in coinage, which I'm actually kind of jealous of. Mm, I think that because you don't have it, you think it's quaint. Well, that's part of it. But, we, I mean, we do have coinage, but none of our coins mean a damn thing. Like, none of them do anymore. When I was growing up, a quarter actually kind of meant something. The rest of it was mostly garbage. Now, a quarter doesn't even mean anything. And so I... Uh, I was very jealous of, you have the one pound coin. Isn't there a two pounder as well? What do you call that? There is a two pound coin, yeah. Is there like a colloquial name for that or no? Two pound coin. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a, 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 you know, well, a quid is a pound, although that doesn't necessarily mean a coin, right? It's just any. No, it is the funk. It is the unit of money. Right. So that's like, like me a saying. Buck. Right, exactly. That's like me saying a buck or whatever, yeah. Which is a better sounding word than quid. Yeah, but quid is delightfully, delightfully British. Buck. It's the sound. It makes it sound good. <laughs> Buck. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I want to provide a bit of kind of pointless, but like a timeline setting follow up. Okay. We spoke about takeout food before ATP had recorded. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So the whole conversation that, 
me and you had about takeout food and even you talking about how much you hated it when people told you like turned up their nose at takeout food that you enjoyed mm -hmm. that all happened before atp even though it came out afterwards yeah it was I, I just thought it was very funny yeah it was the night before wasn't it because we recorded yeah. tuesday and atp recorded wednesday and I guess I was still a little bit raw about the whole thing when ATP recorded. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had mentioned, although it may not have made the cut, um, that I talk about this subject in the forthcoming analog. Because I said that, I thought, on ATP, knowing full well that that our episode of Analog wouldn't come out until the following Sunday. Yeah, you did mention it. It was funny. You know, that conversation was... I thought it was very funny... And I was 80% genuine in, man, maybe even 90% genuine in like 10 to 20% just hamming it up for the purpose of the conversation. But it really does annoy me when people act like that. And it, I really do find it completely inexplicable why everyone thinks Subway is the most disgusting thing in the world. I will throw my hat in the ring, mm -hmm. having eaten Subaru, mm -hmm. and say that Subway is vastly superior to Subaru. I have no idea what John's talking about. I think he's lost his mind. I mean, I don't think Subaru is bad but i i don't agree at all with his characterization of subway fundamentally you can just make the meal you want to have right that's like, and i don't know what he's talking about with the bread neither like, do i i can't understand how subway bread can be that much functionally worse than sabaro dough i don't does he like think that like giuseppe's coming in every morning and making the dough for sabaro <laughs> like i don't know what he th he thinks happens it just comes in on a truck frozen in the morning the same as they do for subway i don't i don't get it i just don't get it uh, I'm totally know. with you on this one. And I actually think as well with Marco, like John is the, I think the only person that seems to, to under to think the way that he does. Well, you say that I, I think on the show, Marco was more aligned with me than John. Or I think he was kind of the Switzerland of the three of us, but not on the Sabaro subway thing. Yeah, I guess maybe not. Um, but I would definitely say that, ha and like we talked about in the last uh, ATP, half of the internet came to his defense and half did not. And I consider that a moral victory. I am on board with you in believing that those people don't actually believe that. Those people just feel like they have to believe John. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a powerful Pied Piper, I tell you what. Yep. Yep. And I am, basically, I am in the John Syracuse is right camp like 99% of the time. Like the rest of the internet. I, well, because I do... His views on things tend to agree with mine. Like, for example, uh, on I'm, I've just started listening to the most recent episode when we are recording this, and you guys just started talking about um, Google I.O., and Marco made the joke about, like, oh, they just made their own FaceTime and iMessage. And John was like, no, I'm not accepting that. And I agree with him. It annoys me when people make that uh, joke or even that sentiment. And I think Jason just made it on Upgrade and I had to tell him that I don't agree with it either. Like, there are things that... Skype came before all of those, right? Like, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so, like, I agree with John on many points. Like that one, I do not agree with him on this Subway scenario. I've had, like possible sandwiches from subway yeah like, and that's the thing i wasn't trying to make it sound like it was you know this earth-shatteringly great sandwich shop it's not gas station bread like no that is no no i airport, will not accept yeah, that yeah. 
Yeah, I will not. I will not accept that. Like, I think he got. I think he let himself get carried away. Yep. I cannot believe that he would prefer to have a sandwich from a gas station or an airport than a subway sandwich. Yeah, if we gave him like a one inch by one inch by one inch cube of subway and the same of airport sandwich, I guarantee he would prefer the subway sandwich. Yeah. Um, I... All right, so that's a little bit of follow out. <laughs> we should do. What are you giggling about now? It's just all funny, isn't it? Like, oh, really, God. just to talk about this rubbish. It is It is ridiculous. Also, I, I feel safe saying it here because I know he's never going to hear it. I think there may come a time he'll listen to the show. He has expressed to me that he has desire to, but because he uh, never Me really... and him have had this conversation. Like, he, I think it was episode five. It was too much for him emotionally, and he just never caught up. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's not that he never caught up. He just never kept... He stopped listening. That was that. Yeah. Um, I feel like now that we've done some follow-out, we should do some follow-up. And uh, I, hand on heart, thoroughly enjoyed our talk show on Eurovision. We, I had so much fun. That I, was so much fun. It really was. You had a uh, musically imbalanced Eurovision. How so? Um, on the whole, it was it was good. <laughs> like there, there weren't really any like crazy out of tune horrible performances mm-hmm. um and there was like a weird new voting thing which was actually more exciting than the typical voting uh overall i think it was a pretty good eurovision uh, and uh I-, I vote for next year full on mystery science 3 theater uh, mystery science theater 3000 style me and you re- live recording whilst the Eurovision is happening, so then people can watch it back later on with me and you over the top if they want to. I am tentatively on board with that. I think we have to work out some of the logistics, like how do I, or how do we, pipe the audio into our headphones only so we're not recording it you know, via via the mic because that would be terrible. But we, we have a year to work it out. We can work on all of that. We have a year to work it out. Yep. Also, I was like 30 seconds delayed from you, so I'm not sure if maybe we would both have to get on like the, the telecast that's on the web or whatever the broadcast that's on the web. We'll, we'll, we'll play with it. We'll see if we can figure it out. But I actually think that some of that delay was talk show, not Eurovision. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Talk because show. Because we had the same instant. problem with uh, the Google I.O. one. Uh, maybe yeah. yeah that's interesting i didn't think of it that but way all of those things can be fixed but uh i i am very happy that you did enjoy it because it is enjoyable um and a lot of people just write eurovision off uh as being just you crap know, I and i don't th- think it is i think it's you just got to know what you're getting into it's basically basically eurovision is the subway of musical <laughs> contests <laughs> It's fine as long as you know what you're getting yourself in for. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, the thing is, um, I, I definitely had a really, really good time. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. But I will say that I don't think I would have had even near as much fun. And I don't think I would have had the tolerance for it had I not been on the talk show with you. Or, or well, yeah, I couldn't like- imagine watching Eurovision on my own. Like, when I watch it, me and Adina watch it, or we may have some friends that we watch it with too. So it's fun. Like, right. I completely agree. Like, And I've had more fun this time around because we were having our stupid conversation for the world to see. Right. Yeah, it was a very different form of um, 
performance art, but I really enjoyed it. And I hope that the listeners did. And feel free to tweet at one of us or the show. I'm curious to hear, you know, if you happen to catch it with us, even for a little bit, it doesn't have to be for the whole time. You know, did you enjoy it? Was it good? Was it too delayed to really be useful? I'm I'm curious to hear um, what you thought. So feel free to uh, email or, um, or, or tweet at us. Uh, just because I'd like to hear what you thought, but I thought it was a ton of fun. And, and I think the only problem I have with talk show now is like you were alluding to earlier, it would be neat to be able to kind of like live it over again. And I'm not sure how talk show could really solve that problem, but it would be neat if you could like synchronize with, with the YouTube version of it or something like that and watch, you know, kind of mimic, have talk show mimic our, um, our commentary as it's happening as though it were live. But either way, I thought it was yeah. super fun. I'm really glad you were able to participate and I was able to participate. And um, and I hope that one way or another, we can do this again next year, be it on talk show, be it live, like you said, we'll figure something out. But uh, I, I, I had a real blast. Good. Um, I have a, a topic, a little thing that I want to talk about, which is from a couple of weeks ago. So uh, on the episode that me and Adina did, episode 89, um, I, I I think I, I think it was me that said yeah uh, the the line Instagram is the social network that I have the least hate towards. Yep. And you tweeted a uh, you tweeted a link to this section with a quote from me, which would suggest to me that you agree absolutely with this sentiment. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit because we have spent. Many hours on this show talking about social networks, but I don't think we have ever spent any significant time talking about our feelings about Instagram. You know, I think that you're probably right about that. And um, yeah, I I completely and utterly agreed with you. Like, I think I was listening to the show and I immediately stopped the show specifically so that I could find the exact correct timestamp that I wanted so that I could tweet a link to it because I, I, as soon as you said that, it was like a light bulb going off because I completely and utterly agree with you. Um, I don't, I don't know that I spend as much time. Well, I know I don't spend as much time on Instagram as I do in like Twitter or, or something like that. But the difference between Instagram and Twitter, which I think are my two favorite social networks, is that I do love Twitter. I really honestly do, but there are times that I want to rage quit Twitter and sometimes the world because of the things that happen on Twitter. And we've gone on and on and on and on and on about it, so we don't need to rehash that now, but there's sometimes I just, I really, Twitter really gets on my nerves. By contrast, I cannot remember a time I've opened Instagram and been upset about it. Maybe when we were having our, our troubles with fertility and I saw somebody post like an adorable picture of their baby and I got totally jealous, maybe, but... Um, pretty much. But that isn't something that people are posting to attempt to try and get some sort of response that is negative. Uh, which not. I think, which I think is something that people quite frequently do on Twitter, which tends to be the stuff that will annoy you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, Doug Beale in the chat is pointing out, well, there's a bunch of ads on Twitter. He was saying that to be funny, but you know he's right. Or excuse me, on Instagram. I'm sorry. Um, in Instagram, there's really only the first party client, and they're getting heavier and heavier with advertisements. But overall, I do feel like the advertisements are, I don't know, in the spirit of Instagram and that typically they're pictures that 
typically are well framed and well done. You know, sometimes they're videos, but again, typically they're shot like you would expect an Instagram user to shoot it. Uh, I don't really ever see ads on Twitter because I only ever use Twitter via Tweetbot. But I have the rare occasions I go to the Twitter website. Man, what a dumpster fire that is! Uh, just ads everywhere. There's like no content on the Twitter website. There's like three tweets above the fold um but one of the worst parts about the twitter website is when you click on somebody's following or follower list Mm -hmm. and then it has like promoted accounts in that list that are ads that make it look like this person follows x gambling account Mm -hmm. but really it's just an ad yeah that's the worst that's just other ads it's like whatever but i just find that like despicable yeah and the thing is i guess what the difference to me between Instagram and Twitter is that for better and for worse, Twitter is supposed to be anyway the raw version of you. Sometimes an internal monologue, sometimes what it is you're doing at the moment. But Twitter is supposed to be a very raw vision of you or version of you where where Instagram is kind of the super filtered, and yes, it's a little bit punny, but super filtered version of you. Like, this is the best version of you. Not in the way that Facebook tends to be, like, look at me and how awesome I am, but just, like, in terms of effort you put in. You know, I'm going to try to make a really lovely picture, and that's what I'm going to post. Now, maybe it's different for, like, kids these days. Maybe it's different for some of the people that you follow or other people follow. But for the people I follow, I find that, almost all the pictures are like really great pictures that that you can tell somebody either took a moment to frame and get right or just happened upon a really great picture by accident. Um, I follow 135 people on Instagram and have just shy of 500 posts. Um, I don't know offhand how, what your situation is, but I, I feel like the stuff I see on Instagram is a lot more deliberate and considered than the stuff I see on on uh, Twitter. So I follow 221 people and have 828 posts. Oh, you are more prolific than me. Maybe I've been using it for longer. I, I don't post very often, so... Um, I, I would very expect that if you looked at a graph, yours kind of went through the roof in the last year or two (laughs) i think that's probably fair so i want to i do want to dig in a little bit into some of the stuff that you spoke about but Mm -hmm. um one of the things that i think is interesting you'll see where it's for you where does instagram fit in your hierarchy of social media checking and i guess the services that would fit in this would probably be twitter slack instagram facebook they're probably like, and I know that Slack's not really social media, but I think for many people, it kind of is similar in like what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Going in and reading a bunch of stuff that happened while you were away that other people were saying to each other. Right. So where does Instagram fit in that? What is that hierarchy for you? What are the first things that you check and check most often? So in terms of frequency, it's probably a toss up between Twitter and Slack because, um, I'll I'll glance at Twitter pretty much all all the time throughout the day and then between work and relay I'm on Slack pretty much all day every day. Um so Twitter and Slack I think are kind of tied. Instagram I probably check 4 to 10 times a day, which is weird because I there's really not that many posts in an average day for me on Instagram. I've never like counted or anything, but I would guess I would see maybe between 10 and 30 posts in an entire day on Instagram, where on Twitter I'll see hundreds. 
Um, but I'll look at Instagram, like I said, maybe four ish times a day, somewhere anywhere between four and 10. Um, and I do that because I, I, like I said earlier, I just love looking at Instagram. I think it's just such an awesome view into people's lives. Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I do ch- tend to check it probably every day, but if I miss a day, like I, it doesn't really register. Usually at, when I'm in bed before I go to sleep, I'll take a look at Facebook. Um, I don't tend to check Facebook during the day, unlike everything else we've mentioned. And if I go a day without looking at Facebook, it doesn't really phase me. Whereas if I go a day without Twitter, Slack, or Instagram, like something is weird. Yeah, I, well, I'm similar to you. Um, Twitter and Slack, I mean, probably I check Twitter the most, I reckon. Um, uh, and then Instagram and Facebook is like so, it falls off so far to where, you know, like from Instagram to Facebook, like yeah. the, the chasm between those things is insanely huge. Mm-hmm. I check Facebook, like, if I can't sleep. <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. That's when I check Facebook. Enough, there's nothing else to look at. Um, but I am not... I don't need to check Instagram every day. I don't check Instagram every day, but there are days where I'll check it like seven times. Like it just <laughs> depends on what's going on in that day. It depends how much time I have to kind of waste, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but So yeah, that's where it feels for me. Um, one of the things that I think that is an interesting tell for the way that both me and you feel about Instagram is the content that is being brought into us. So we both get annoyed by Twitter, I guess, because there can be a lot of just like stuff that is annoying to see or stuff that you disagree with, stuff that is frustrating. Do you follow a different list of people on Twitter than you do on Instagram? Certainly. Um, I follow, let's see, how many people do I follow on Twitter? Right about 300 people on Twitter. And what did I tell you? I follow like 120 some, 135 on Instagram. Um, I tend to be willing and or anxious to follow Twitter followers on Instagram. So if I start following someone on Twitter and then I see them posting on Instagram, often I will go and also follow them on Instagram. But it is not the same list for sure. And partially because it's so much lower volume, I find it easier to follow someone on Instagram because most people post on Instagram maybe once a week. You know what I mean? So it's not constant like it is on Twitter. And I'm just as, I mean, I'm complaining about myself as much as anyone else. I'm constantly on Twitter, but it's a much easier burden to follow someone on Instagram than Twitter. And I presume it's the same story for you. You follow a different group. I follow a, a, a different group. Yeah, I follow people on Instagram that I don't follow on Twitter. Um, I don't follow everyone. And this actually, this was a good thing when uh, Twitter and Instagram kind of fell out of love of each other mm-hmm. because you used to be able to see of your Twitter friends who was there, right? Right. So you would you would say, like, find friends, and it would show you everyone you follow on Twitter and then their Instagram accounts. The good thing here is now I don't necessarily know if I follow someone, so it's <laughs> it's way better that way because it's I th- I feel like it's more kind of pared down and and different. Uh, and one of the good things about Instagram is that there is less social burden. Yep. Um, and part of this comes in the fact that if I go to your profile, I can't see if you follow me. Yeah, that's actually something that's kind of annoyed me, but that's a very interesting extrapolation. I think that that is a choice that they made. Yeah, I never um, thought of it that way until you said something just now, but you know, I think you're on to something. So here's one of the things that I love about 
my Instagram feed compared to my Twitter feed. Now, a vast majority of my Instagram feed is close-up videos and pictures of people writing things beautifully. <laughs> right? I follow way more pen-related stuff on Instagram because it makes way more sense, which is yeah. why, like, at the end of the pen edict every week, as well as saying our Twitter accounts, I also say our Instagram accounts because for that community, Instagram is as important, if not more, than Twitter because mm -hmm. it's a visual medium. Um and a visual medium lends very nicely to taking pictures of pens. Like if you look at my Instagram, I, a lot of the photos that I put and take are of pens and pen related things because it just fits really nicely for that medium. It tends to be uh, pictures of me wearing mm. my own merchandise <laughs> and pens. That seems to be predominantly what fills up my uh, the, the photos that I take. But I find it very calming. It feels it has a very different vibe for me because it tends to just be these pleasant things that either people are showing me or that, you know, like they're displaying, like, oh, look how lovely this food is, look how lovely this beach is, or it is just as uh, Hyder in the chat room has mentioned, pen porn. It's just <laughs> all of that, and it's fantastic. There are no subtweets. Mm -hmm. Nobody's linking to things in anger and trying to outrage everyone, saying how terrible it is. And there's also not a lot of self-promotion either. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with self-promotion. My Twitter account primarily exists for that reason now, I think, probably. Um, for me to talk about my work in some manner or to talk about the, the work of friends. Uh, but I don't... I'm happy that Instagram doesn't have a lot so much of that because it's just different and it's nice. Like everybody, when they work creatively these days, their Twitter accounts are a promotional mechanism. Um, and I don't have a problem with that, but I like that Instagram has way less of that. Yeah, I, I concur with everything you just said. And and I forget how you phrased it a minute ago, but, you know, it's it's so often, and I think we've both said this, that it's so often something that's visually pretty that someone is captured and, and is excited about. And in a way that that can come across as, you know, self-promotion on Twitter, even like, like when I take a picture of Declan that I really like, I hope and I feel like that isn't look at me and my beautiful baby. It's, oh, look at this awesome picture. You know, like, does that make sense? It's it's more about let's all let's all be happy about each other together in, in a good way. And I and I love that. Um, what do you think of the new icon? I don't know. It's not blue, which is nice. Um, I don't particularly care for it, but I don't have the visceral, like, I hate this reaction that it seems like most of the internet has. I like it. I actually prefer it. I think it's fantastic. I love the icon. Now, did you it's, really hate the last one? Because I, it didn't bother me as much as it I seemed to bother I didn't really me. hate it. Uh, I did for a while, but then I got over it. Like, between, like, iOS 7 and iOS 8, it was like, this is just a ridiculous abomination. But between iOS 8 and iOS 9, it had gone on for so long at that point, where they should have had that icon updated, that it was like, whatever. I saw a flat version of the Instagram icon on the phone of somebody that worked there in 2014, like, the week iOS 7 oh, yeah. came out. They had a version, but they just never shipped it. And it was just the the icon that we knew, but just a flat 
texture as opposed to the shiny skin morphism. I don't know why they didn't ship that, but they didn't. Um, and then they went with something completely different. Yeah, I think that would have been my favorite, like this hypothetical flat version of the existing icon or the previous icon. But I mean, I didn't. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered everyone else to have this skeuomorphic icon on my home screen, and it also, um, I don't. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers everyone else. The current icon, I guess, I feel like there were better options there. Like in that video that they had, I think some of the icons they showed in that video I preferred. But I don't want to flip a table when I see this i this new icon. Like it seems everyone else wants to do, except you. Well, you know, I, I think it's fine. And I like the new UI. I, I like that it's the black and white theme. Uh, I like that it's kind of just calmer, I guess. Oh, it's... goodness, yes. I could not agree more. I love the new inside Instagram, the, the, that, that, that calmer theme, like you said. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I think it was a good good mix overall. I, just what I like about the icon is that it looks like other icons do now, right? Like it's way simple, but it's got weird color in it. Which is kind of your cup of tea. Look at the back of your iPads. They look fantastic. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I actually didn't mean that derisively. But uh, but yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today by going to pingdom.com slash analog. You will get yourself a 14-day free trial when you go to that site, pingdom.com slash analog. And then when you enter the offer code analog at checkout, once you sign up for a Pingdom plan, you will get 20% off your first invoice. Now, I am pretty sure that if you are listening to this website you have something to do with the internet. You either have your own website, or maybe you help monitor and host websites for others. Maybe you do something in IT, and part of it is based on the web for the company that you work for. One of the things that everybody that has a website fears is the website going down. This is something that happens all the time. Every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages. That is more than 400,000 outages every single day. And this is just the websites that Pingdom looks at. Stuff on the internet breaks all of the time. Whether you have a small website or a complete infrastructure, it is incredibly important to monitor its availability and performance. And this is what Pingdom is all about. They are focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone. They do this by having some really powerful and simple-to-use tools and services. Monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze with Pingdom. They can monitor individual items of your site, such as contact forms, e-commerce, checkouts, logins, search functionality, and way more, because these days, websites are more than just the one page being up, right? Like, you can, if you are a company that sells things online, and your about page is up, but the checkout page is down, well, there's no point in the about page being up. You need to know if the checkout's down. Pingdom can monitor all of these parts individually as well as the whole website itself. They take care of all of this by using more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. When Pingdom detects an outage, you'll be alerted immediately so you can fix the error before downtime affects you. You don't want to be caught out when someone wants to access your site. So you need Pingdom. Check it out today and you'll be the first to know when your site goes down. Go to Pingdom.com slash analog for a 14-day free trial. Use the code analog at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. Thank you so much to Pingdom for their support of this show. You know, Pingdom is kind of like an insurance plan for your website, <laughs> right? 
It's yeah. like, you know, you don't want your house to burn down, but you have insurance in case it does, so you're okay. That's fair. That's a really good way to think of it. They can run it's with that. It's a weird way to think of it, but... That's true. I mean, I looked at... Um, I might have said this on the show. I might not have, but when we bought our fancy camera, which actually isn't that fancy in the grand scheme of things, but it was a standalone, you know, detachable lens camera, um, I told Aaron, you know, to me, this is an insurance plan against regret because I don't want to look back at pictures of Declan taken with our iPhones, which granted are very pretty pictures, but nothing like what we can get out of our camera. I don't want to look back at those pictures and say, God, I wish we had bought a real camera. You know, I didn't want... I think we spent like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars on this camera, and, and which is a tremendous amount of money. But it is so worth it to me to have gotten it, and having seen the pictures coming out of it, it was an insurance plan against future regret. I think that like it it lies in the fact that you knew there was something else, right? Mm-hmm. Something better that you could use. And once you knew that, it was like, well, now you have to go for it. Yeah. Especially when you, you know, it's not just because you wanted nice pictures of you and Aaron at the zoo, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man, that's true. There were pictures of your kids. Yep. Well, your kid. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you have a topic. Indeed. Which you put in here, which I don't know if this is uh, out of school to say, is a rarity that you will throw a topic into the document fully fleshed out. <laughs> But here it is. Yeah. Not only did I put, like, usually if I add something to the doc, it'll be like a line. Yeah. Topic carrying cash, which is what we're about to talk about. Uh, but in this case, I actually had a few minutes to think about it. And, and I knew that if I didn't write a few things down, I would forget. So uh, be still Mike's beating heart. I know you've never been more proud of me than you are right this very moment. I'm very but, proud of you right now. But uh, we were alluding to this earlier when we were discussing uh, coinage in, in the UK and how I'm a little bit jealous that you guys have coinage as part of your currency. And and Amer- America does. I mean, we have quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, etc. But we don't really ever use them. Like, we're legally compelled to because most, you know, things we buy have some sort of less than $1 component to them. But coinage to everyone involved is just a pain in the butt. And my... My vision of of the UK and certainly my experience when I was there in 2010 was that coinage was actually used when when we were in the UK. You know, granted, we could have used credit cards and whatnot, but, you know, there's a one pound coin. There's a two pound coin. And that's like a not insignificant amount of money. But what I really wanted to talk about today is I carry cash on me always. I carry at least 40 bucks on me always. Do you carry cash on you? Not if I can help it. That drives me nuts. I get unreasonably infuriated by people who do not have cash. I don't know how one can go through life without carrying cash on them. I carry cash every day, always, always 40 plus bucks, always, always, always. I but don't I'm use not it. like I'm not attempting to barter for food. Right. Right. I have other ways of paying. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to have cash on me? Because you never know when you're going to need it. Just like you never know when you're going to need Pingdom. You know, it, that's sort of an insurance policy. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need cash. Like, I have a debit card. I can find an ATM. Yeah, but what if you can't? Like, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny and I'm not trying to be snarky. Like, um, where am I going to be? 
Well, as a silly example, and this was kind of a self-created problem, when we flew into Greece in 2012, we didn't get any Greek currency. What's that? Euro, right? We didn't get uh, any- no, see, no. Currency is different to me having pounds sterling in my pocket. I always have domestic. I always have currency when I fly somewhere. Okay, fair. Um, because I-, I don't know the lay of the land. Situations are way worse. Can't get home easy. I always have currency. Okay, I I think that's a weak distinction, but I think I think I'll allow it. But well, no, because you said Greece, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. you were going down a route of something terrible happened to you when you were in another country, right? What I'm saying is, I always have foreign currency when I go to another country. When I'm at home, I don't feel the need for it as yeah, much. And I think most people would probably agree with you. I generally agree with you as well. And in this particular case, we were leaving. Uh, Rome and for whatever reason I didn't have I guess we just spent most of our euros but we decided Aaron and I not to get any more euros before we went to um, Greece and we had arranged with the person we were visiting in Greece that he was going to pick us up and then he said no actually I'm going to send a car for you and I assumed that that car had been paid for so we take this hour-long cab ride from the airport to the um, place that this wedding we were going to was And the guy basically says to me, well, where's my money in a nicer way? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you take credit cards? And, you know, in broken English or broken Greek, I guess I should say, or whatever, in in terrible English. Yeah, we were able to get through that. I didn't have any cash and he didn't have any way to take a credit card. So next thing I know, I ditch Aaron with all our luggage at the hotel while he and I are going, hopefully not for me to get murdered, hopefully to an ATM, but... Uh, we're going to an ATM so I can get him cash, which is what we right. Ended but up you've doing. you've put into to an example a, a different kind of scenario here. You're so right. You're right. I will get cash if I'm in a scenario where I believe I'm going to need it, and if I'm getting in a taxi cab, which is not an Uber, mm-hmm. I will have cash on me. And yeah, and I think that, that like I said, this was a self created problem. But mm-hmm. you never know if you're going out to eat somewhere and it's a restaurant that takes credit cards, but they hate splitting the check. Now, to be fair. This is where the internet says, well, what about Square Cash or Venmo or what have you? And yeah, I would just ask the person to pay me the money. Which, to be fair, is a pretty legitimate answer and is starting to make this conversation go kind of bad for me. because I can't see any reason where in average daily life I need cash. And th- Emergencies are a very different scenario, but that's why I have a debit card on me so I can get cash. But you never... No, when and maybe not emergency. That's a strong word, but something that you did when the unexpected is going to happen. Another, right. another How great, many wallets do you carry? Only one. What if you lose your wallet? Well, I mean, then I, you haven't got any cash. That's sure. That's this true. is the same argument you're making, right? Yes. It's like you're saying to me, "What well, there's an emergency and you can't get cash." Well, what if there's an emergency and you've lost your wallet? And I guess that's true, um, but. <laughs> I, have, I love you. I, I, no, I'm not, a, I'm not bothered. Um, I actually have a bill tucked in between my iPhone and my iPhone case. Well, there you go, no, mister. No, Look I'm, at I'm you. Oh, no, see, you, 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 should, you should do I've, one. Now, I'm, now. now I am thinking about it, though, if I'm honest with There's you. There's no reason why you shouldn't have that. I mean, in theory, I should probably have that, right? Like, that would be my emergency cash right. just to keep it there. But I, 
I can't stand cash. Because... Well, okay, and that's the thing. Like, I don't use cash day to day because it is slower and not as useful. In it, or I shouldn't say not as useful, but it is slower and more fiddly than using a credit card. But what I don't understand is cash in any country is not that physically large. Why not put a couple of bills somewhere on your person just in case? Because it's just it's pointless for me to have. Like, I will have I have cash in my wallet right now. Because somebody gave me some money for something and didn't want to transfer it to my bank account. And that cash will stay in my wallet for a long time. So, like, But I'm not keeping it because I want it. It's just because I'll never spend it. Because the thing that I hate most about uh, my country is the coins. <laughs> See, I'm so jealous of them. But and to your point earlier, maybe it's because I don't carry them usually. All right. If you go into a store and you have a $5 bill... Mm -hmm. And you buy a a can of Coke. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it costs, just for the sake of this argument, let's say it costs a dollar. Mm -hmm. What do you get back? Four singles. What are, so what are those singles? They're $1 bills, four $1 bills. Four pieces of paper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I get? Two. I get four, at least, chunks of metal. No, you would get two, wouldn't you? You get two, and two pounds? You not always like to let's just say it's it, between two and four maybe more chunks of metal that i have to do something with yeah i can understand that and maybe you were right earlier when you said i just find it quaint and that's why why i'm so jealous yeah, you do maybe that's because it. as much as i hate american currency all being the same size because it's impossible to understand what you have on you? Uh, see, I see both sides of this argument. In one, in one way, I think you're right. In the other way, I like the consistency of it. But carry on. The consistency is real nice, but it is completely impractical. The fact that all of our money, like our notes, they get bigger based on the denomination, and they're all Oh, is that completely, right? I never noticed that. Yeah, the five is the smallest, the 50 is the biggest. Huh. And uh, it's, it's even the same in coins, by the way. I thought the two-pounder was really small, No. No, I mean it's not it's not completely accurate, right? Because one pence and two pence, the copper coins is small and big, and then the silver coins from five pence, five pence is the smallest, it goes all the way up to fifty pence, and then the golden brass, whatever color you'd call the pound coins, the pound coin is the smallest, and the two pound coins the biggest. I see. So like they 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 you know they in vary tiers. in in they're, they're tiered. But yeah, all of our money gets bigger based on denomination. So the five pound note is the smallest note, and then the ten and the twenty, and they all look different. They're all colored different. Fives are colored with green. Um, tens are colored with like kind of yellowy orange color. Twenties are colored in purple, and fifties are colored in pink. Hmm. So you don't have a one or two pound note? No. They used to be. When before I believe, yeah, I believe it was gone before I was born. There used to be a one pound note, but it was replaced with coins. So for me, like uh, in my home right now, like I have a, I would say stupidly large in, in denomination, like it's in value amount of coins sitting on the top of my uh, chest of drawers. Because when I get home, if I have coins in my pocket, the coins come out of my pocket. They go onto the dresser, and I will never put them back in there again because I hate <laughs> coins. I hate coins. It's so frustrating to me to have them. Um, and I wish that we had a paper because 
it would be because for the times when you get it, it would be way easier. Like if you go out on a night out, like and you're drinking and whatever, and you're kind of not really keeping track of what's happening, you come home and you've got like fifteen pounds and pound <laughs> coins in your pocket. Like it's so annoying. And also, I mean, but I, the the thing that I like about our coin based single currency, you know, like the pound in mm. being a a coin is our tipping culture is vastly different because of it. Interesting. Because you can tip someone $3, and it's super simple, and nobody knows how much is there. I can't tip someone less than a fiver. Unless you have coins. Well, but you don't tip people in coins, because, you know... Who gives you someone a coin? Like, and oh. this is like a, a like like a delivery person or whatever, right? You might give them like a a couple of quid or whatever, depending on what what your threshold is. But it's not as conspicuous because, like, with in the American system, you just put some paper into somebody's hand and they don't look at it and they just walk away and you walk away and everyone's happy, right? Like, there's no there's no awkwardness right in that first instance. Like, I can't. What I'm gonna fill someone's hands with like silver coins, like a pirate or something. <laughs> You know, like, the, I, and I genuinely believe that it is the fact that we have the pound coin rather than the pound note is why our tipping cultures are so vastly different. Hmm. Yeah, five pounds for a tip for darn near anything seems really exorbitant. Exactly. But it's the lowest paper. Right. No, I have. understand what you're saying. That just seems wonky. Um, to defend me briefly, and then I'm going to take away the, I'm going to take the wind out of my own sails. Um, there are times when credit cards don't work, even in today's society. And my favorite example of this is John's of Bleecker Street, which is a pizza place in uh, Manhattan. My favorite pizza, pizza place in the entire world. And they didn't take credit cards. But in doing research for this portion of the show, I was trying to get the URL for John's. And I noticed that on their menu page... At the bottom, it says no slices, which is the way it's always been. And that's very weird for New York. You know, you have to get a whole pie. No reservations, the way it's always been. Credit cards, ex- what? <laughs> so apparently they've actually started to take credit cards now. But for the longest time, you needed to have, um, uh, you know, paper money. And it's not cheap. And so, you know, imagine I go into a place and or imagine I'm at some place I'm in New York, let's say, and somebody says, oh, you should really go to John's and don't they don't tell me, oh, you need cash. So I have this delicious meal. I owe them like 60 bucks. And then they say, well, you're gonna have to use this exorbitantly overpriced ATM because we don't take cards. Granted, that doesn't often happen. And in this case, it wouldn't happen anymore. But why not? And this is a rhetorical question. Why not just carry a few bills with you just to be safe? Why is that going to hurt? I don't get it. Drives me crazy. Uh, the funny thing about all this, though, is that this is completely in contrast to my mission of the last couple of years, which is to get everything out of my wallet. This is why I just fundamentally misunderstand you as a human being. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw this in the show notes and figured that we were going to be completely on the same page here, that we were both going to not be interested in carrying cash because you were talking about slim wallets. Mm-hmm. And those two things go hand in hand for me, because like, uh, it's yeah. about it's about having as little as possible. Yep, on your person, but I for agree. some reason, 
You are a complex man. <laughs> well, you have 17 iPads, so each I'm of not, us... No, that's simple. Uh-huh. Like, I like lots of iPads. Uh-huh. You know? um, in any case, uh, so I used to have, and I loved this wallet called the UB wallet, Y-U-B-I. As far as I can tell, it doesn't exist anymore. It was a Kickstarter project that I don't know how I had found. And um, the way it worked was there were pockets on the outside. We have a link in the show notes. There's pockets on the outside for cards. And on the inside of it, there's a place to put bills. And kind of the nifty thing about the UB wallet was, and it shows it in like the hero image on the Kickstarter project, there was like an indentation sort of, it's hard to describe without seeing it, but there was a place where you could kind of put your finger into the side, into the spine of the wallet to shove the cash out. Um, and it was really, really clever and really, really well done. But after a couple of years, it started to fall apart. And I went to look and get a new one, but they're not selling them anymore. So what I ended up with was what I I recall being a very expensive wallet called the Trove, which is apparently made in the UK. And I was in just... That's probably why it was very expensive. Well, and I was furious about how much shipping was to get it to the United States of America. Unreasonably expensive for shipping. <sighs> <laughs> I know what you're doing to me. I'm trolling you pretty hard, but I really didn't. I, I, know I really doing. do mean that, though. I was infuriated by how expensive it was to ship at the time. This was like a year or two ago. And fifteen dollars for a t-shirt. <laughs> you gonna make me do this? Yeah, so angry, so angry. Um, but anyway, I do like this wallet. The problem I have with it, though, is the particular version I have, and it may be different now. The cash kind of pokes out the end of the wallet. So it works very similarly to the um, UB in that it's pockets on the outside for cards and then a little part in the inside for cash. But the cash, like, hangs out of the wallet a little bit. It's very, very peculiar. I wish the wallet was a little taller. But um, but I do like it all in all. And I want to have a similar a wallet as I can, but what I've come down to is, I, and I actually looked through my wallet, put this in the show notes, I have the following contents in my wallet. I have cash, as we've discussed. I have... The credit card that Aaron and I share, so we have one bank account that has a credit card and a debit card, and 95% of our finances goes through that bank account. So we have, so I have a shared credit card for 99% of the purchases I make, a shared debit card in case I need to get cash for some reason. Then I have my credit card, which is on an account that only I have access to. Uh, marital pro tip, keep one account that only you have access to for each person so that if Aaron really doesn't want me to buy something frivolous, I can say, you know what? I'm using my money. That's that. Um, so I have my credit card. I have a AAA card, which is the American Automobile Association, which basically entitles me to get roadside assistance and get a tow if I need it. I could arguably keep that in my car, which is where a lot of like my frequent shopper cards now live. But if I'm in somebody else's car, I can still get AAA service there as long as I have my card. Additionally, when you travel, you can get discounts. But when you check into the hotel that you're, you know, that you got a discount for, they often want to see your AAA cards. So that got upgraded to my wallet. Then I have three different health insurance cards. Yay, USA. Yay. I have medical, dental, and eye. Again, that at least dental and I could probably actually maybe I should just put so those in my much car. Stuff in your wallet. Oh, this and is it's like the George Costanza of oh, minimal no, wallets. Sir. Well, of minimal wallets, perhaps. And then I have, uh, so I said medical, dental, and I, and then I have my driver's license. And that's the entire contents of my wallet. It's probably between half an inch and an inch, inch thick. And I have one of the slimmest wallets of any wallet carrying person I know. And so I have cash credit. Oh, my. Oh, and I'm serious. Cash credit, debit credit, AAA, yep. medical, dental, eye, and license. Hang on one moment. 
ladies and gentlemen, Mike is presumably going to fetch his wallet so he can shame me by telling me that he has nothing right. but dust and lint so, in it. I have a wallet. It's called a Bellroy wallet. Um, it's a, a lovely leather wallet. It's a card sleeve. Uh, in this wallet, I have my debit card, a provisional driving license permit thing, which I use as ID. Uh, I have my business debit card. I have a credit card. Two SIM cards. Two what cards? SIM cards. Why? A, uh, I actually don't need one of them in there. I can take that out for now. Uh, I have a US SIM and a Romanian SIM. Why would you keep that in your wallet? I mean, I, I understand having them in general, but why keep them in your wallet? So they're always there when I need them and I don't forget them. You should you should get yourself a GoPack. You know, somebody I know wrote a really great post, a couple of really great posts about that. No, they, they're going in my wallet because they've been in bags and stuff that I've had in the past and they get lost or they get forgotten. They goes in the wallet. But yeah, that's all I have. And right now I have two £10 notes in my wallet. My wallet in my back pocket, you sit on it and you can't feel it. Yeah, I usually don't feel mine, but it's un- unquestionably much thicker than whatever it is you're carrying. Like, I'm looking at the picture of the Bellroy, but there's no cards in this particular picture. Unquestionably, what you have is thinner than mine. Now, you don't have to deal with any insurance cards, though, right? Because that's, and I'm not trying to be funny, that's just part of national health care is you can walk Why in Why do anywhere. you have to have the card on you? There's got to be a database which Jay will check anyway, irrespective of whether nope. the card's there or not. Nope. I mean, so maybe, maybe I misunderstood. If I took your card... And walked into a, a a hospital. I could be treated on your insurance. No, they would want to see a driver's license as well or equivalent ID. So it's literally checked by two pieces of plastic, and then they will treat you. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. I don't buy that. That it, might be what they tell you, but that that's yeah. that's ludicrous. If well, that is it, then America, your health system is broken in even oh more ways than I first imagined. Oh, it's it's fundamentally broken in every possible way. But this isn't a political podcast. Hey. Um, No, so generally speaking, like if I went to an emergency room, for example, they will treat me, but everything is easier if I give them my insurance card before treatment. Maybe not in an emergency case, but you know what I mean? Like everything is easier if I can provide an insurance card because then they know somebody will be paying them and they know how they're going about it. I understand the idea of the insurance being provided, but like. Checking ID or taking your name and running it through the central insurance system, which should exist, <laughs> right? So funny. Should be how insurance, like a piece, a piece of plastic, should not be how you get your leg amputated. Oh no, but it is. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. But that is the way it works. Wow. And you know, then typically what they'll do is they'll not only want to see it, but they'll make like a Xerox copy of it so they have a copy of the insurance card as well. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Funda- like I think anything related to plastic cards, for a reason that I don't fully understand, your country is very behind on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like One of the other reasons that I don't carry cash is we have the beauty of contactless cards everywhere. Yeah. So I don't... I, it's never awkward. Like, it's never a problem. If I want to buy something for 25 pence... I will use a card for it, and it's not an issue for anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, or you know what? I'll actually use. I'll use my watch. Yeah, that is the best. Gosh, it really is. I'm jealous. Yeah, th- that's the thing. Like, it, 
would you say that Apple Pay is available in most of the places that you would shop day to day? Like 100%. without without going out of your way to find it, most of the places that you will do business yeah, take Apple like, Pay. Like ninety percent. I'm not even kidding. Oh. Like even like corner shops. Oh God, you are the worst. I'm if so... there is a contactless terminal, which there is wherever there is a credit card now, pretty much, Apple Pay will be accepted. You're the worst. I'm so jealous. It's not like how it is in the US where it's like one, is there a contactless terminal? Two, did that company do a deal with Apple? It's not that. It's just like, is there a contactless terminal? Yes. Well, then it will work. You, oh, I hate you so much right now. I'm so jealous. We're living in uh, the modern society, and unfortunately, this is one of those things which is very peculiar. Like you guys were with with uh, mobile telephone technology, you, mm. living in the past. Like up until up until LTE. Uh, smartphones. Yeah, no, okay. it's like just fundamentally like the phones. Like we were all walking around with like color screen phones that had like MP3 players in them and stuff, and you guys were all still using flip phones. This happened like for a long time. Uh, very, very peculiar. And I, I don't really know why that got so held back for America in like I think the early two thousands, especially. You know, it was very peculiar to see, and I think it was mainly because we would get phones for free of contracts and you guys never really got that mm-hmm. yeah i don't know competition will do for you yeah that's true no i, I think you're right um but I, once we got lte we're way ahead of you guys on that at last i checked no no i thought no. our lte rollout was way quicker and and faster than you. it I, happened first you're not ahead Okay, fair enough. Because well, I would bet now that there is, in Europe, way vaster coverage percentage-wise than there is in the U.S. Because you have that whole middle part that you don't <laughs> seem to like very much. I was going to say, I mean, given that you are a very, very tiny island nation, there's not that much. What do you need, like three cell towers for the entire country? You can make your jokes. It means that we can get, like, 80, 90 down on LTE very easily anywhere. Is that really true? I, I am being snarky, but but that, that you really can get those kind of speeds? See what I get right now. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing now. I want to know. Oh, man. We we need to put in some uh, Jeopardy music right here. A speed measuring contest here. Wait, what are you using? Using the speed test app? Or what is that new yeah. hot shot thing? All right, I'm going to use speed fast test app. Fast or something? It's yeah, a Netflix thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Netflix thing. All right, I'm, I'm using speed test app now, and then I'll try the fast thing. Test oh, it. yeah, baby. I don't want to know yet. I don't want to <laughs> oh, I don't want to yes. know. I don't want to know. All right, 27, 28, 30, 32, 35, 36, thinking, 35, 32, 31, 30, falling. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so we're hovering at about 30 down, and I'm still uh-huh. still working on it. What was your download speed? 112. On your cellular telephone over the air. Yep. Seriously? Seriously, I'm going to send you a picture. That's quicker than my home internet is, and I have Fios, yeah. which is like the best thing in the entire world. Uh-huh. Not really, though. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Oh, God, I'm so jealous, and I hate you, like, really hard right now. You're 31 and a half, and then six and a half up. What was your upload? Uh, 12. Oh, dying of fire. God, I hate you. 11.24. I'm sending you the picture. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm doing another test just in case. Sometimes it improves on the second go, I've found. Because, you know, that's how... Oh, it's getting worse on fast.co. And now I'm only at, like, 28 down. Or maybe that's an average. Maybe that's what it is, because it doesn't show it up and down. Yeah, it just says 29 on fast.com. I'm sorry, not .co. Wait, is it, you do that in the web browser? Mm-hmm. Huh. Let me go take a look at this. Yeah, just fast.com. Man, really? It's that quick? God. Let me look at this picture. 
I don't know if I believe you. It's photoshopped. Definitely photoshopped. Yeah? <laughs> no. I'm so jealous. Fast.com. Uh, we're up to 85. Oh, I hate you. 82. There you go. So serious question. On EE, do you never see LTE written in the corner there? No, it's always, it's always just 4G. I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know what the difference is, but yeah, it is an LTE band. Well, sure. If it's going to be 112 megabits, it must be, but I, I would assume. I wonder, I wonder what that's about. EE that's interesting. kind of built a brand around 4G. Hmm. I, I genuinely believe that the network chooses what goes there. Yeah, you're probably right. Interesting. How did we get on this subject? What the crap? Anyway, the point is... We were, just, uh, we were, we were measuring infrastructure. We were having the US versus UK argument. Oh, right. Like you were standard. saying that you guys were more ahead of us in mobile technology, and I've just proved you incorrect. <laughs> you have completely shamed me. Holy crap. Uh, so anyway, in summary, I really wish people carried cash, and uh, there's probably no purpose for it whatsoever, particularly if you live in the UK.